Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, today I'm going to be interviewing Howard Clayman. Howard's been on the podcast before. He's talked about sailing in Israel and also cruising in Cyprus. And he did a delivery recently uh, from France to Greece. And he's going to be talking about that on this podcast. Now, before we get to that, I usually want to thank my sponsor, Sailrite. But instead, today, I'm just going to tell you a story. You know, I have a Sailrite LSZ-1, their uh, their flagship sewing machine. Is it LSZ-1? Hold on, I can never remember. Anyway, I have the main Sailrite sewing machine. And I've had it for a few years, and I loaned it out to a friend of mine who needed to do some sail repairs. He has a Hobie, what is it, a Hobie 33? And he borrowed it, and then gave it back to me. And it's been sitting around for quite a while because I haven't had really any projects to work on with it. But I decided I needed to um, get it out and do some work on it. And so I set it up and I started doing some stitching and I was missing stitches. It was not sewing worth a damn. So I got out the manual and I made sure I had threaded the machine correctly and I had threaded the machine correctly, I thought. <laughs> and so I gave Sailrite, Sailrite a call, and I said, uh, and I talked to the lady. I just called up, and she said, okay, um, what's the serial number on your machine? And I told her, and she said, uh, okay, what's the problem? And I told her, and she said, okay, we'll get somebody with you in, in, in a little while. And within 15 minutes, I got an email from one of their technicians back in sail, back at Sailrite. And I don't know if the technician's local or not, but let's just assume it's back in Indiana. And he said, uh, send me some pictures of what you're seeing. And I did, and I sent him some pictures. And he sent me back a quick, within within another 10 minutes, he's, he could tell what was the problem. He said, take a look at these two videos and see if that solves your problem. And lo and behold, it was the first, <laughs> the first video, the first suggestion they made, which solved the problem. I had basically not got, I had not threaded it correctly. I had not got the thread through the top tensioner correctly. And there was a trick to doing that, which I didn't know, which I do know now. And then it threaded just fine. And, and, then, it, and then it sewed perfectly. And so I sent a quick email to Matt Grant telling him what great service they provided me. And I said, you know, you might give a a high five to the technician. And he said, thanks for letting me know. He said, we are absolutely overrun with business right now. And this is uh, right now I'm talking on May, May 6th, 2020. And this was about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. He said, this COVID crisis thing has got everybody shut up in their houses and everybody's taking on sewing projects. And we are as busy as we can be right now. I said, that's great. That's great. In fact, I'm going to order some items from them as well because I'm going to take on, I decided I'm going to build a a, um, 
Sunbrella hatch cover for my forward hatch and my center hatch. And I figured that's something I can do right now. I got detailed measurements on them the last time I was on the boat. And uh, anyway, that's going to be my advertisement for Sailrite. They have absolutely wonderful service. They have a great product. Oh, oh, I wanted to tell you one other thing. I inherited a double-bladed axe from my grandfather years ago. And the handle broke on it, so I replaced the handle. But I did not have a axe sheath, a leather axe sheath for it. And I decided to take on a project, a leather working project. This is my first leather working project. So I had some leather from way back when sitting in the shed in the workshop. And I cut out a pattern and I watched a couple YouTube videos on doing it. And I basically used the hand awl, the uh, speedy awl, which you can buy, which you need to have in your ditty bag anyway for repairs on your sails and canvas if you need to. So I did the hand stitching on it. And then I had another axe and uh, I decided to try sewing it with my sail right. And this literally was three layers of very, very thick leather. And I went and did some test stitches on it, and it just sewed right through it. I thought, well, I'm not doing any more hand stitching in the future. I'm going to just put it on my sail right. And I, I did that with my second sheath that I made, which I'm still working on right now. But the stitches were just perfect through this extremely heavy leather, three layers of extremely heavy leather, and I could barely force it under the walking foot. But I was able to get it under the walking foot, and once it was under the walking foot, instead of trying to uh, use the motor, I just just turned it by hand and stitched it because it was such thick leather. Yeah, turn that off. Anyway, I am so impressed with this Sailrite sewing machine. Just thought I'd share that with you. All right. Let me get on with my conversation with Howard Clayman. All right. I don't know what's going on, but I just recorded the interview with Howard Clayman, and we had some really bad interference on something I got set up here. I'm recording from the office studio, but my main studio is now at the ranch, so my normal recorder that I record into is up at the ranch, and I'm just using a little Zoom uh, H2N down here. But you're going to get some static on his side off and on, and it comes and goes and comes and goes. And I couldn't hear it when I was recording it. Well, actually, I did, but I thought it was just in my earphones, but apparently it wasn't. It was on his side. So I put this out there, but you're going to have to put up with some bad audio Uh, from time to time to listen to this. So just a heads up. I'm on Skype with Howard Mann. Howard's been on the podcast before. Like I said earlier, he's he's talked about sailing in Israel and also sailing in Cyprus. But Howard recently did a delivery from France to Athens, and we're going to be talking about that. Now, Howard, prior to this, prior to talking to you, you sent me a link to Google Earth showing the route, and also you sent Mm -hmm. me a log of the trip. And uh, it's a pretty detailed log. I'm wondering, is it okay if I post that on the website so other people can enjoy it? Yeah, most certainly. Please do, Franz. Okay, good. So it's been a while since we've talked. 
How is the coronavirus affecting you in Israel right now? Well, it's uh, we're sort of at the tail, you know, quote unquote, the tail end of it. Uh, we like to uh, to uh, broadcast a message that uh, we've made it through and everything is hunky dory. Of course, that's probably a little fool's paradise to believe that, but uh, we we apparently came out of it quite, at, at this point, uh, quite easy with uh, a minimal number of deaths and uh, not a real lot of uh, infections here. So uh, we're somewhat uh, optimistic. And uh, as far as, you know, at least getting back with the reflection on uh, you know, our, one of our loves there between us is, is sailing. Uh, the uh, the sea just and the marinas just opened up last weekend, and we had our first uh, uh, first sales uh, last weekend after being you know closed up for a couple months. So we're being optimistic at this point. All right. Well, unfortunately for me, just this week I canceled my flight over to Europe for the summer. Uh, my wife wasn't going to let me go, and I w- really had not lined up any crew because we just don't know what's going on with this virus. And so I'm going to be uh, not sailing this year on my boat. So I'll be working on other projects up at the ranch and, and other things. But next year I'm going to uh, get on the boat as early as possible <laughs> and and get going from there. Okay, so I've... I've uh, I've got your log up here, and also I have your route on Google Earth up here. And the, when you gave me that link to open up on Google Earth, it's a uh, it's an experimental site. Talk to me about how this trip came about. Okay, I'm working currently working for a, uh, a sailing club, and uh, and. Here in uh, in Herzliya, which is uh, where, where I'm, I'm based here in, in Israel, and I teach uh, ASA courses over there. And actually, uh, I have a website at uh, TripAdvisor that goes after uh, uh, tourists and uh, Israelis, uh, basically the English speakers, going after the English speaking market. So I work under there, and uh, we're. Up until recently, and uh, we just acquired a couple of new boats to set up uh, to uh, uh, broaden our presence in Cyprus, where we've already had a couple of boats there. So we bought a couple of uh, brand new boats in uh, in France, and uh, I got a call on a Saturday night uh, in early March from, uh, from the boss of the uh, of the club. We're also the uh, the importers of. Uh, and we had, we were already, uh, the coronavirus was already starting to pick up traction, and there was a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of rumors about what was going on, and but in a lot of questions, but nobody really knew for sure. So we had a window. Those both, the two boats were sitting in Canet uh, and Canet in uh, in France on the south coast of France. And he said, we want to get over there on uh, Tuesday and pick them up and bring them, bring them over to the site, them over to the site, you will want to come. Yeah, it sounded like a, uh, an exciting prospect. Uh, two brand new boats. And uh, one of the, the things that's been on my bucket list for a long time is going through the uh, straight of the So that's sort of uh, 
explosions from me, and uh, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come along. So that, that's basically the story how, uh, how, how, it, how it came, came to pass. So, so how, much, how much time in advance was this? Was this, was this within a week that you decided to do this? Uh, three days. <laughs> Saturday night, <laughs> we were on the plane on Tuesday morning off to, uh, off to, to Barcelona. There was a, a couple of guys from the uh, from the club already over there who were commissioning the boats, along with the uh, uh, a company in at the at the marina there in Canet, and uh, the boats were all, were going to be ready. Now I had you know I had I'd always gone along with the uh, with the opinion that you know many sailors have that uh, you know you don't take off on a long a long voyage, you know, on a brand new boat that's just been commissioned without doing, you know, a few sea trials yourself and uh, ironing out some of the kinks. Well, we relied on the fact that they did it, and uh, I would have liked a little bit more time. We got to the, uh, we got to, we flew into Barcelona on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Uh, then we had we drove over a couple hours over to the, uh, the marina there in uh, Canet, in France. And we were going to leave the next time. So I didn't, you know, didn't have an awful lot of time to uh, to, to go over everything. And pr we pretty much relied on the fact that they had commissioned it properly and uh, and provisioned the boat and everything was already already to go. So, so we, was went, this, we went, all, went along with it. So is this one boat or two boats you're going to be bringing back? This, this was two boats. The two of us, there were two boats. There's a, a, a Lagoon 45, brand new catamaran, and also there's a uh, Sun Odyssey uh, 490, which is a, it was br it was brand new also. We had uh, picked it up, we had bought it from the, uh, from it was a, a demo boat at the uh, boat show in Dusseldorf back in January, and as soon as this show was over, they uh, trucked it over to Canet in France, and uh we we were going to first chance we had we were going to uh, bring it to Israel. So, you know, obviously it would have been rough to do it in January and February, but uh, the the uh, time uh, we had a window there in early March, and that's why uh, it was such a short <laughs> a short time to, between ma making the decision and actually hopping over there and picking up the boats. When you say you had a window, what sort of window were you talking about? A weather window or? Or just a time window that you no, can do. No, not it. so much a weather, not so much a weather window. Uh, more of a time window that uh, things were starting. We could already, you know, get a hint that things were starting to happen uh, with the corona, and there's a lot of question marks in the air. And we also wanted to get it over there as soon as possible to start. You know, little did we know that you know everything was just going to be closed tight. But we wanted to get the. Uh, all the programs up and running over in Cyprus there, so it was it was a good time to get the boats over there. Plus, they were sitting there in, in at the marina in France, racking up uh, you know marina time, and we wanted to get it over to, to uh, Limassol as soon as possible. Yeah, what were the marina fees when you were in Canet? Now this is Canet et Roussillon, is that Canet? Right, Canet and Roussillon. Yeah. Uh, th I don't I don't know what they were. I, I, I was. They, they weren't they weren't too bad, but uh, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the rates were there. Have you ever been to that? Program? No, I'm just looking at it on Google Earth. It looks like a big marina there. Yeah, it's a very big marina, and it's a uh, it's a uh, sailing sailing town, and uh, uh, there's a few other factories. 
famous sailors or uh, or uh, or boats are Pendwick and there was uh, a few named after famous uh, French sailors so there, there was a real nautical kind of atmosphere there. Yeah I can see that. I can see some big warehouses and some boats on up on the hard and a bunch of catamarans. Yeah actually I see the, I see the uh, the molds outside in the yard here, so yeah, I can see that's a good function. So. And you can see on my, on that log that I yeah, put some pictures on, there's a picture of the marina there. There were just a, incredibly beautiful uh, old wooden uh, boats, and uh, not, not just one, but maybe five or six of them were lined up there in the areas in, in the marina. A lot of old plastic boats there that yeah all right so you got on the boat and took off there what was the weather like when you left there? well we left uh, well we had landed in, in Barcelona it was it was it was sunny and uh, quite nice there and I had been reading in the in the uh, following the weather forecasts, and uh, it was uh, supposed to be raining. So as soon as we crossed the uh, the border into France, and all of a sudden the skies opened up there, and we had uh, really really soaking rain for the, uh, the the first night when we were sleeping on board the boat, and it was very very cold. Uh, the boat was not heated, and luckily we had uh, we brought down sleeping bags, so we. We slept on the boat. The next day we took off. It was, uh, uh, it was the weather was uh, for the first for the first leg. It was it was it was fair. Uh, it was drizzly and cold, but uh, the wind was uh, you know, fair at about uh, 10, uh, 10 to twelve knots on the on the way down to uh, to uh, on, our first part of call was we were planning on on going down to uh, uh, Sardinia. So uh, it was it was sort of a mixed bag on the first uh, on the first leg. The the wind wasn't too bad, but uh, as the as the day uh, progressed and we got further out to sea, the wind picked up and uh, we had a good. It was actually a, a nice following sea, uh, broad reach on on the way down towards Sardinia, but it it, uh, it changed. It started to change the the, the next day. Now that looks like what? Well, that's a that's a couple. That's at least one night overnight to Sardinia. Is that right? Right, right. Uh, one night and then the next, basically, yeah, one night and this and this the second night we got to uh, the passage there between Sardinia and uh, and Corsica. Bonifacio. Yeah. Have, have you been down, you've been down there yourself? You've been there before. Yeah, right? I sailed through Bonifacio Strait when I sailed across there. So yeah, that's about three hundred nautical miles is uh, right. what I'm looking at here. So, yeah, at least two days, maybe three days. To get so, 
depending on the weather. Were you able to sail all the way, or were you able to? Uh... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we pretty much sailed all the way. Uh, we, a few times, the wind got a little bit uh, flaky, so you know, so it, we we had a, we tried to. Unfortunately, we had a, some somewhat of a schedule. So if you know, if, we, if the speed dropped below six knots, we'd uh, we'd put on the engine and uh, and motor sail. But uh, we did. We we had a really fair amount of sailing on, uh, on on that part of the lake. The passage there, getting you know on the, on the way, got you know, at certain times it got to be uh, rather rough, uh, and uh, we you know, we were introduced to uh, some of the vagaries of uh, that 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 boat. We had we had some periods when uh, the, on the on the second day with the winds were you get it we're getting up to uh, you know 20 25 knots uh, close hauled and. Uh, there's an interesting uh, design uh, of that uh, of that Sun Odyssey 490. It has something which they call a uh, a, a walk around deck. The uh, at midships the, the 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 shrouds are placed well in inward in, uh, inboard, and uh, you can actually walk completely around the deck without uh, without touching it, without touching anything, without touching the shrouds. So. And or or climbing on a cap on the cabin, on the cabin top. Mm. So uh, it made like a, it made like a, a well all the way around, or at least from midships all the way back to the uh, cockpit, and then on the other side the same thing. It was an interesting design feature, which you know it, 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 it was it was nice and we liked it a lot. Unfortunately, though, when the, when uh, this, the wind started picking up and the waves started breaking over the bow. It creates like a torrent of water coming down this uh, this well, and uh, we were you know, it became a sort of a joke on board that it was the Amazon River that it was you know like almost a foot of water rushing down that 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 uh, well when we uh, the waves were Question marks on it. I hate to see that if they got stuck, if they had got uh, plugged up, what would have happened? Yeah, I'm, I just pulled it up. Uh, that's a huge boat. With uh, looks like the back of that boat is like 15 feet wide. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's 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 big in the rear. She yeah, she she was really quite large, and she had a large, large cockpit. You can see the uh, the wheels are placed well, well outboard in the in there. So you you are pretty much exposed to the weather. Uh, even we had a uh, you know really nice uh, Dodger and Bimini, but uh, where the where the wheels were and where you sat, you had a you were pretty much sitting completely exposed to the weather. Yeah, you got to be way you got to be way out on the bat side. I guess that's good so you can see forward, but. Yeah, it's a long ways between the two sides there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, was it just you two sailing this boat back? How, many, how big was the crew sailing the Sun Odyssey? Yeah, there were just two of us in the beginning. Myself and Steve, over the company, it was just the two of us. And we, uh, I had a lot of, we, 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 we you know, kept watching. It worked out fine. Uh, but it was 
you know, we weren't getting an awful lot of off time. As you, you know, you sailed an awful lot, and uh, when the longer passages there, you sort of hard to, you know, take three on, three off, four on, four off, and uh, especially in, uh, in in heavier seas like that, in a good uh, in, in uh, you know, some, some, somewhat of a rough passage. And pretty cool weather too. Yeah. Pretty cool weather. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was cold. <laughs> it was pretty much uh, you know you kept your your foulies on and heavy uh, heavy storm jacket uh, and boots all the time during the day and at night uh, I'm almost I just about slept in my in my storm jacket at night because it was really cold down below but uh, it worked out fine I did I did mention though to the Eve that. Uh, the the uh, the catamaran had uh, they had the luxury of having four crew and the and the skipper on board. So I was already starting after the first night. I was able to put the one of the guys on the catamaran over and sail with us. Of course, they, they had they, they had a heater on board, and uh, it was a lot more comfortable. Uh, Conditions on the on the catamaran than, than we had, so we were able to, in the end, convince one of the guys when we got to Obia to uh, aboard. So we had three. Yeah, I find three is a comfortable a comfortable number on a boat because you can get, you know, when I did the transatlantic, it was with three people, and so we had plenty of sleep. It was it was easy to do it with three, but with two, it would have been difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, it worked out fine in the end. You know, the thing that really made me decide and push for that was was making the passage between uh, uh, Sardinia and, uh, and and Corsica. That was a we we got there at night. Unfortunately, we didn't plan to get there at night, but uh, it started blowing, and we were going through that passage. At, it was around eleven o'clock at night, full dark, and. Uh, it was started. The wind started picking up, and we were getting, you know, 35, 40 knot gusts. Uh, it was blowing off of the, about 150 degrees off of the off of the. You know, it was a broad reach there, and just the two of us. And uh, we were, you know, you've been through that passage. I don't know if you've been there too at night there, but it. it yeah. When, when we sailed there, we sa- I was sailing from uh, Menorca straight across and uh, so we left early in the morning in Menorca and uh, we're arriving on Bonifacio oh probably oh early early in the morning there too and I was actually on sleeping but I felt the uh, motion of the boat start pick up and then I was about five o'clock in the morning my my watch came on and I got up there and my friend Mike Johnston I think it was Mike Johnston's who was there said, uh, Franz, I learned something about your boat that I never wanted to learn. I said, what's that? He said, it, it surfs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a real Venturi yeah, we, effect that's de- developed between those two islands. And that's why I think it's always continuously very windy through there. At least that's my experience and your experience. But I'm sure there's days when there's no wind at all through there. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a high mountains on either side mm-hmm. here, so so we, uh, we we sailed through there, and I had getting, I, I I turned off the autopilot, and I, I took the helm, and uh, 
I had Yaniv um, sit there on the uh, Navionics and uh, steer us, you know, it was away from the obstructions and the, the, the uh, cardinal buoys here and there and the uh, little, the, the uh, fish, the fish traps and everything all around there. So it was, it was quite a, quite a uh, high pressured uh, passage that night, but we made it, we made it through fine and then headed south towards, uh, towards Olbia. Have you been to Olbia before? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've changed crews in Olbia. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's where the airport is. It flies into Sardinia as well. Right. So that's the main airport in and out of Sardinia is Olbia. So I went as far south as Olbia. I actually went a little farther south, but not much farther south along that coast. So there's a lot of Sardinia that I haven't explored. So why was Olbia the, your, your destination? Were you changing crews there? What were you doing in Olbia? Howard, did I lose you? Howard, Howard, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Did, Hi. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, I lost you for a second there. I lost you. Okay, so what was that? What were you? What were you heading to Olbia for? What was the reason you were going to Olbia? Because we had to uh, change the, it was a brand new engine, and the Yanmar, the Yanmar people said we had to have the uh, oil changed with at, at the first 50 hours of service. So we pulled into Olbia because there was a, a Yanmar uh, mechanic there who. So we and we also it was also a good good uh, good uh, time to uh, you know top up the tanks and. Uh, Get some and some more water and do some do some little sh do some shopping there, so we, we we spent we spent the day there in Olbia basically and uh, and had had that work done. Then we took off uh, like in the early evening. That was why we stopped in Olbia. Okay, so you're uh, you're you're not you're not dilly dallying along here. Of course, it's it's this is a delivery job, so you're not fooling around too much. So you're not enjoying Sardinia no. very much. You're just in and out then. And so your next destination yeah, from that was where? Well, it was a real cheat, you know, because I look like start. You know, I've always wanted to spend some time on Sardinia, and uh, then I know now I know that I do definitely want to go back there and take my wife there and uh, do some sailing there. It's a beautiful, beautiful island from what we could see. Well, from there we from there we continued on through uh, down. We continued across the Tyrrhenian Sea there, and had wanted to head over towards. Uh, Towards Messina, we we lost our uh, we lost the uh, the catamaran somewhere. Along the way, so, so we decided to uh, the island of the Pari there in the Tyrrhenian Sea there and wait for them to uh, to show up. Okay, then, so then we would uh, we join them again. Have you been to Lipari? Yeah, so the main the main town of Lipari on the island of Lipari, then right. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's the only well, all-around port in the whole chain of Aeolian Islands that I could find. I got blown in and out of there. I was spent probably three weeks up in the, the Aeolian Islands, and every time I left, I got blown back to Lapari. So I spent a lot of time in that port <laughs> there in Lapari. Yeah. So, but it's a neat town. That's a neat town. Yeah, so it is a beautiful town. Unfortunately, though, this is... 
you know, this is where the the corona was uh, was starting to uh, to follow us a, a much closer as we got uh, further into the voyage. There, you know, we pulled into the marina there in uh, in in Lepari. We were the only yacht there, and uh, of course, it, it was you know already uh, it's you know, early in the season, but usually you would have expected to find some more yachts around there. So we we pulled up right up to the uh, the wall there, and uh, a million kids came out there trying to help us tie up there, wondering why all the kids were there, why they weren't in school. And they, you know, the kids yelling, oh, no, no school, it's all closed, no school, corona, corona, corona. And we, uh, so we started getting a hint, you know, that things were, then we found out that all of, that Italy had pretty much closed down uh uh, like the day before, all the restaurants were, were closed on the wharf except for one. Which, uh, we were able to have a, have a nice lunch, and uh, we, we waited and waited, and uh, the uh, catamaran had gone around Stromboli, uh, I think, so we, we weren't even able to reach them on the DHS. So we had a nice little break there, and uh, so from there we continued on from the quarry over to uh, over to, to Messina. Now, how are you communicating? Do you just use your cell phone to communicate with them, or do you rely on VHF? There's a marina up in the north end of this bay, which I don't think was there when I was there a long time ago. So when I went into Lapari, I went right down to the quay right near the town and, and dropped anchor and backed up into this big concrete. It was very surgy. Is that where you went, or did you actually go up to the marina? No, we, no, we didn't go to the marina. We passed the marina, and over on, as you passed the marina over on... On the right side there, there's a big church there up on promontory. We passed around that, and we were going to go into the uh, little uh, the little uh, anchorage there underneath that church there, and they told us something there was too shallow. We went around it, and we went in tied up against the, uh, the, the wall there, which is sort of like right in the, uh, facing the town. Right, right in the town. You're basically right in the town. Okay, that's... That's pretty much where I am. Yeah. Pretty much the same way I tied up. Was it surgy? I mean, was it, I mean, there was a lot of surgy. There was a lot of storms when I was What were the conditions like when you tied up? No, it was... Okay. Other times, you could see that if you had a... If you had a uh, easterly wind, like a northeasterly wind, you probably would have got a. It could it could get very very surgy in there. But no, it was it was quite quiet when we were there. Okay. We had a delightful time. I would have liked to spend a few more days there, but you know we were already seeing uh, things where we had we had to get on our way because uh, you know, things were starting to uh, to heat you know to heat up as far as this whole Corona business. So from there we took off and, and headed over towards Messina. Uh, we wanted to uh, 
you've got into the straight Straits of Messina, and I wanted to uh, get get some. Uh, we were looking for a fuel dock there, which uh, one. Unfortunately, we uh, we had some difficulties difficulties with that. We pulled into uh, the Marina Neptunia, which is on the uh, on the. Uh, the Sicily on the on the Messina side. Okay. And uh, you mean on the Sicily on the Sicily side or the mainland side? On the Sicily, on the Sicily side. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. We should have gone over to Reggio de Calabria on the main on the mainland side, but uh, we had got some uh, bad information that uh, this marina there had uh, had a fuel dock, which in the end it didn't. So when we got there, uh, we we tied up and they let us sit sit there for a couple hours. We went into town and. Had uh, had some lunch and got, did some more shopping, and we're really starting to see the corona with you know in the in the supermarket everybody was uh, you know they were waiting in line to get in there and uh, stocking up uh, their their uh, the shopping carts and wearing masks and uh, they, you know, we started you know here here we had been really sporadically only hearing news of what was going on plus we were down in Italy which. Uh, we didn't speak the language, and uh, you didn't hear an awful lot on the news unless unless we were able to pick up a Wi-Fi signal uh, or, or a cellular signal closer to land, and you know pick up and read some of the news online. So we had a uh, we, at the marina there. The guy they said we should go to the fuel dock, which was like a, about a half a mile further up the uh, up the beach. So we went there and uh, we pulled up to the fuel dock, and the fuel dock was. Uh, it was it was it was like a pier that extended from a gas station up on the main street there, and the fuel dock and the the uh, pumps were closed. <laughs> but oh. we we really needed we really needed to fill up. So what we did we tied up there and we went, we were able to, we took our jerry cans and walked up to the uh, and filled filled them up at the uh, at the gas at the diesel pump there at the gas station. And walked them back back down to the boat and filled up the uh, the tanks that way. So that was that was an interesting uh, experience. Yeah, I've done that once or twice, and you don't want to do that very often. If you don't have to. So it was quite a lot of quite a lot of exercise. Well, you had three of you on board at that point in time, then, right? Yeah, there were three of us, so that helped out in uh, in, in doing a. Uh, Doing that that particular exercise it reminded me of uh, watching the uh, the, uh, the the firefighters uh, passing the buckets along, you know, uh, and they're trying to uh, put out the put out the fire. So that's what we were doing. We we're struggling between us the uh, the jerry cans from the from the pumps up there on the on the street, halfway down to the uh, to the pier, and then onto onto the boat. That was. It was an interesting experience. So we got we, we were able to fill up the tank. So we continued on from there. So, so was this and, right, was uh, this right in the city of Messina then? Right in the city. Right okay. In Messina there. Yeah, it looks like there's a, a, a marina there, and then there's also a big protected area with a, looks like a military naval base there as well. Yeah. Yeah, we were told that was where there was a few of our problems over to and they were young. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. Finally, we found the, uh, the, the Coast Guard, a uh, little, little base there, and we, there was somebody that was talking to us, and we told us uh, what to do, where the, uh, the fuel dock was. It was, uh, it 
was a bit of a run around, but we pulled out of there with, uh, with fuel and radio. So we continued across over towards the Ionian Sea. Did you, when you went through the and Straits of Messina, did, did, did I always you know, bring this up because it like, actually seems like the last three podcasts I've done, I've talked about the Messina Straits because everybody's been going through it. Did you see the uh, the fishing boats, the uh, sword fishing boats when you went through there? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we saw the sword fishing boats. Okay, so they were out working then. Yeah, they were. We did, we did sort of uh, mess up... Uh, one of the uh, one of the other guys had uh, had trusted him to uh, to read the tide tables uh, that we would we would go in on the uh, on the, uh, with with the with the uh, you know either at slack tide or with a uh, flood so we'd have we wouldn't be go- going in there against the uh, against the tide and uh, we we missed we we got in there just when the tide had already turned and uh, we were it was starting it was we were getting a you know, outgoing tide as we were as we we're coming in, it was against us. So uh, I was a little afraid that you know, it the the, the straits there have a reputation for pretty fast uh, uh, currents going through there. But it did in the end, it was okay. It was it wasn't too bad. Uh, although it was you know, it was sort of funny here. We were going at uh, you know six knots and the uh, and the speed and the speed over over ground was like eleven knots because of the the current that was. Uh, that was flowing against us. <laughs> yeah, you learn you learn to read tide tables real fast if you sail around areas that have have yeah, high tides and currents. Yeah, we we had seen there had there had been one that we had downloaded, and then only later on I found out, which was sort of stupid of me, not that there's that the Navionics has a fantastic one, uh, like a little plug-in at the bottom of the screen there that shows you what the what the uh, exact with the exact flood, exact current is going to be at uh, at any exact hour, and and the speed of the current. So we only found that out a little bit later. It's okay, we made it through. Okay, now we. <laughs> I think that's. We I think there's not very many places in the Mediterranean you have to worry about current, and that's that's probably the main one. I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. What's really fascinating was you know the. Think about the history of that of that spot, you know, the Straits of Messina and uh, the uh, was it uh, Jason and the Argonauts going through there, and the uh, the six-headed monster that uh, linked, was over on the uh, on the on the shore who was grabbing uh, sailors as they would go through there. It was all this stuff that we learned, you know, back in sixth grade uh, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was fascinating uh, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Homer and Jason. Homer and Homer Jason. And Jason. Yep. Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Oh, great. So now you're going around the uh, toe of Italy then and heading out. Is that correct? You didn't go down to Catania or Terramina no. or anywhere else then? No, no. I've been to those places before. So they're beautiful, beautiful places. But uh, you know, it would have been nice to do it if we had some time to do a conclusion over there. So we pretty much headed straight over to, uh, we went to, we went along the bottom of the, uh, of, uh, of the toe of the boot there and headed over towards uh, Kefalonia, where we'd be entering the, uh, the, the uh, corn, uh, the Gulf of Corn. 
Now you're not having to so, check in and out of the countries, are you? You're just basically because you're in the the uh, EU, you're not having to check in and check out, are you? No, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't have to. Okay. Having a little, we had some problems in, in Greece when we got there, but uh, we had we had checked we had checked out of Italy. We hadn't checked out of Italy. Uh, no, we checked out of Italy in in. Uh, because we couldn't check out of Italy in in, in Lipari, we had checked out in uh, in Messina. Uh, we were able to check out there, so we had basically already left Italy by that time. We didn't really plan. We hadn't planned on stopping in Lipari. We had planned on going through the Straits there and heading straight over to Greece. So we were in Lipari sort of illegally, but there was nobody around there to uh, you know to you know, to say anything. So we we. From, after the party, we we just headed straight over to uh, we you know we had already figured, essentially been checked out of Italy by that time. Now, so we had in, in, go ahead. did you actually have to check out? Did you go to the the customs and actually check out? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. We did. Okay. All right. Okay, and then we uh, headed over to. Sailed overnight and ended up and you know hit uh, Kefalonia the, ne- the 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 following night, passed along the uh, shores of Kefalonia there, which is sort of a tease because it's a beautiful island. And I love sailing in in that whole area, but we we had to get going, keep going. <laughs> Did you go around the north end or the south end of Kefalonia? We we were on the south end of it. Yeah. Okay, okay, and you didn't even stop. You just kept going. Just kept going, just kept going. Yeah, as I said, it was a shame, but uh, we had to, we had time, we had to you know, make time already by this point. Now, as a, as a little backstory, we were going to be continue. We were supposed, to, as I said earlier in the in the, in the discussion, we were planning on bringing the boat down to uh, to Limassol, where uh, we were where the the bases. This this the, both of these boats have a had a Cyprus flag, so. Uh, we were going to be bringing the boats down to Cyprus to John over there. Well, on the, when we got around to Thessalonia, uh, as we were crossing over, we, uh, we were trying to decide where to go over there. Things were sort of still open. We were trying to decide where to go over there. So we continued around the Peloponnese Peninsula there and head straight on down to uh, the Limassol. Well, it's down found out uh, off of let us know that they had been in touch with, with uh, the uh, Cypriot authorities that uh, if we if we came into uh, the Cyprus, we would have to take to a 14-day quarantine, and we weren't allowed to, we wouldn't be allowed to do it in the marina in Limassol, so we'd have to do it in uh, the commercial port in Limassol. Uh, did not present a real attractive uh, option for us to be stuck in a commercial port on the boat for 14 days. So we decided to, uh, to, to take the boats into Athens and then uh, at the first chance bring it bring them down, you know, bring on, send another crew over there and bring the boat down, down to uh, Limassol from Athens. So we continued on through the port, into the Gulf of Corinth, and through the passage there. We stopped in uh, 
restaurant have you have you been to Patras? many times yes yes many oh, okay. times you know you know the marina there and there's all those restaurants right along the uh the, the wharf there and there's full of you know it's been thousands of young people out there <laughs> nobody no such thing as social distancing but um <laughs> yeah we, we 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 had a good we had, we had some fun there for the for the day and evening <laughs> and getting enjoy enjoying the restaurants and the uh and, uh, and the, fun, the fun of everybody being out there. And it was actually the first time we were able to pretty much take off our our fowlies and sit uh, <laughs> in T-shirts. It was it was quite pleasant there. Yeah. So, how many nights were you in Petros then? No, we just we just spent the day there, and we pulled off in uh, we pulled off around uh, nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night there. They didn't even get you for so one day of marina the fees there. then, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. They let us. They let us stay there for no. They, they, they charge us for the for the for the water, like you know, three euros or something. Uh-huh. And then the fuel uh, the fuel truck came down and, and and filled up our filled up our tanks there. But uh, no, we didn't have to spend. We didn't even have to pay for the night there. All I right. stayed there a few times myself at uh, at, the, at that marina. Yeah, it's quite a nice marina, right? Real close to uh, the town and everything. Yeah, I've I've changed crews there several times because people fl- would fly into Athens and catch a bus over to Patras, which was to me more preferable than uh, than picking them up in Athens. And so, yeah, that's been a place for me to uh, to change crews off and on over the years. So yeah, Patras is uh, is the uh, w- w- you can take a train from Athens out to Patras, mm-hmm. and uh, it really shortens the uh, the uh, the trip from uh, Athens, and yeah, it's probably really good to to pick up the crew there because because of that. if they fly into uh, into Athens, they can hop the train and, and be there in just a few hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, versus me going all the way through the Gulf of Corinth and through the Corinth Canal, and yeah, that's anyway. I've been there a lot of times, and I've actually rented a car and gone down to the uh, original Olympic venue, Olympus. Down just south oh, of really? Patras, oh, yeah, okay. that's where the, the Olympic Olympics came from. But uh, oh, okay. anyway, yeah, last year we were over. We were on the other side last year in uh, Delphi. We we spent uh, a day in Delphi, which was really really quite cool. And you know, so much history over there on that side with Delphi and uh, Galaxidi, which is a really cool town. There's, there's actually most people go rushing through that. Uh, through the passage, the uh, the Corinth uh, Gulf there, but there's an awful lot of history and a lot of quite interesting places to stop. Yeah, I've liked that. I've spent time in Galaxidi. I've spent time on uh, on the island of Trezona uh, mm-hmm. several times yeah. on the island of Trezona. I've just anchored a couple times in some of those little bays along the way there. Yeah, and you're right. You don't see very much. Most people just jump through there. IT, I spent a night in the marina in IT one time. 
But when I had a choice of ITO versus Galaxy, I'd take Galaxy as long as there's room there. And, uh, but, but there's not a lot. I mean, there's really not a lot. I mean, there's some ink. There's really. I was looking for another marina just around the Corinth Canal, and there's there's a couple on the south side. Kaito, I think, is the name of one. But on the north side, of that little peninsula, there's nothing there. So uh, no, no, there isn't. No, it's a pretty industrial there mm-hmm. over the, on the north side. Yeah. So you went through the Gulf. So so you just boogied on through and went straight to the Corinth Canal. Is that what you did then? Right, right, right through the strength, right through the uh, Corinth Canal. We uh, we'd uh, arrived there uh, early in the morning, uh, radioed in, and uh, were able to to get through there quite quickly. Uh, I've been through through there a few times myself, and uh, generally it did, it, when we, it was really quite interesting when we got to the other to the other side. Uh, I we it took us a while to uh, to do all the paperwork with the uh, you know paying for it and everything. I took a little walk around. There's this really really beautiful little park there, right next to the uh, to the, uh, the the canal offices there, where you could have the picnic tables and everything, and palm trees and a beautiful view out over the uh, Gulf of the Serrano Gulf there. So I was quite impressed by that. And there was a it spent a little, spent about an hour sitting there enjoying the uh, the view from there. It's a, quite an idyllic little spot. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so we, yeah. And did you ever walked around there before? Yeah, I've walked around there a little bit, but usually I'm the one doing the paperwork, so I, I've never wandered oh. like you have. So, <laughs> yeah, I had the luxury of doing that. And uh, so we continued from there. We continued on after after we gone through the canal. We. Uh, we, we we were supposed to head. We were supposed to be going to Lavrion and uh, uh, keeping the boat there. But uh, at the last minute, we were able to get a uh, spot in Zea Marina right in Perea. So that 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 cut off you know four or five hours uh, that what it would have taken us to go around the the uh, peninsula to get over to to Lavrion. Hmm, okay. So we uh, went straight to, straight into Zea and. Uh, and uh, tied up there, and that's where we were going to uh, to leave the boats for the next, uh, you know, until the, the next crew was able to to to, uh, to come. When we found out, we were able to uh, to book a flight for the next uh, the next morning. As it turned out, it was like the, almost the last flights out of uh, Athens for Tel Aviv. So we were fortunate in that regard to be able to to get out of there. So. So, so that was we the were, reason that they weren't going to let you. I mean, they were shutting down air travel between the two countries then because of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, there was. They were. That was like one of the last flights out of uh, Athens over to Tel Aviv. So we were. We rather we would have spent another day there cleaning up and spent you know re- relaxing a little bit, but that w- we figured we had to get out of there as quick as possible before you know the. Uh, proverbial what hits the fan so we did that we spent an evening there and uh, again you would never know that uh, there was anything going on the street streets of Piraeus were full of people all the cafes and the restaurants were all full up and, uh, didn't see any masks or anything there but uh, so that's uh, we, we we got out of there as quick as possible and uh, the, next, the next morning we took the uh, the uh, we, we took the, the flight to uh, Tel Aviv Got, got really got back to reality there when I landed at uh, at Tel Aviv Airport. My wife was waiting on the on the curb there in the car, and and we we also had to uh, go into a 14 day quarantine. So it was much more 
uh, much easier to do it at, at, at home rather than uh, you know on the on the boat stuck in in Lima San Marina. But my wife said, "Get in the back seat there and put on your mask. <laughs> you're going you're in quarantine now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the Zia Marina is where all the mega yachts hang out, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, one after the other mega yacht. They were all there. They were all there. Yeah, the marina was just about full because uh, you know, a lot of boat, you know, boats who had been out cruising in the area also uh, had came in there because they knew that uh, things were starting to close down. As it, you know, uh, we, you, you keep up what's going on in the Mediterranean and the, 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 the uh, all of the marinas in uh, in Greece are, are pretty much closed. There's no sailing allowed. Only now are they talking about, here's some rumors that, you know, maybe the next two weeks things are going to open up. And uh, you know, by that point, we'll, all, we'll be able to get over there and, and bring the boats down to uh, under Limassol. But they're talking, in Limassol, they're, talk, they're not talking about, or Cyprus, they're only talking about maybe uh, in uh, early to mid-June things are going to open up there. It's pretty fluid, but... Uh, you sort of have to keep your finger on what's going on uh, to coordinate, uh, you know, the the rest of the delivery. Yeah. Plus, we want to get we want to get back, you know, into business, and we already want to start to, uh, you know, ramp up the uh, activities over. We're, now that we're now our activities are ramped up in uh, Israel, back at the marina, that I can do it over in, uh, in Cyprus too. Well, yeah, and that's anyway, that's that's. Yeah. That sounds like a great adventure. Yeah, right now it's I was my was scheduled to fly out on the 30, 30th or thirty first of this month, but like I said, I just canceled that flight because I don't know what's going on. And I I didn't have any cruise lined up. Nobody wanted to commit because nobody knows what's going on. So I would have been going over there and just sailing by myself, which is it's okay for a week or two, but after that I get tired of myself. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's in northern Italy, so I would have flown into Venice or Milan, and that's the area that's uh, just starting to open up again. I don't, and I really haven't heard what's going on. So. Mm-hmm. When we, when we got into Messina there, you know, we were sort of uh, uh, naive about what was going on there. And we walked into the restaurant there to have lunch. I wanted to ask her a question. And she said, oh, no, 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 stand back, stand back. <laughs> you don't, don't get so close. Something like that, you know, raises red flags. Oh, it, it really is serious. And uh, they're already, you know, telling you to keep distance like that. Yeah. We, you know, we were like, you know, new sailors in town only discovering, you know, that uh, there's a quite interesting reality. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, talk about the boat. And because I was reading a, just a, I just started reading your log and you talked about the different rigging that you had on the boat. How was it rigged differently than you were used to? Okay, it had this. Uh, I guess it's somewhat common, but I think they call it a, a, a German uh, main halyard, where the uh, the, the halyard ca- the halyard came out of uh, it had blocks and e- uh, under the on the boom there it had blocks on either side, so the halyards 
I'm not not there. The sheets. The sheets came out, you know, both port and starboard, and led down to uh, to winches on the uh, on on the on the cabin. And uh, so, when you, it was sort of like like a self-tacking kind of um, main, main sheet. Uh, you'd pull it up and you'd let it go on one side and pull it up on the other side as you tacked. Have you ever used that kind of tackle system before? Well, my boat has uh, basically, or mine's a very simple rig on my boat. It's just basically uh, uh, blocks up to the boom and uh, back down to the taff rail and then back up to the boom and then back over to the other side. So I just go from one side to the other side. So it's a continuous line. So I can trim it from either side of the boat. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's pretty much the way. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I had never used that, that kind of system before. Okay. I always used the typical classic uh, management system before. So it was, it was interesting to, to do that. Plus, it also had a uh, self-packing jib, which... Uh, was handy, although you know, it's hard to get a really good uh, shape on the, uh, on the on the on the on the jib. Also, it had a uh, uh, the, it had an in-mast furling system, which was sort of weird. Uh, how you how the uh, the the furling line came out of the uh, came back to the cockpit there, and then that. Rather than it came out on the, uh, on the on the starboard side there, and it, there was only one jib. Yeah, a block, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. A block there. And then it would go over to the port side and you'd, and you'd, uh, you'd adjust the, uh, the, the furler from the, uh, the winch there. I've never, it was almost like, I guess it seems like they cut corners there by having the, uh, not having the working winch on the side. Yeah, and just having a turning block instead of, uh, of a winch over there. Yeah. yeah. How was it, now I've, sailed on boats that had mainsail furling in the mast and it's never very, really worked that well I mean it seems to be really hard to get it in and really hard to get it out for me the boats that I've sailed on was that your experience with this boat or did it work fairly well Strong weather from time to time, it was it, it worked out fine. It was I was really glad we had it. No, it, you get a really really bad uh, uh, shape of the of the mainsail. You know, I, I come from the racing world, so I like to see a 
you know, a nicely shaped mainsail with battens and uh, ability to uh, to reef it. But uh, yeah, it worked. It worked out fine. Yeah, <laughs> luckily. Yeah, I've always liked. You know, the other thing about battens is they. I had full full battens in my boat, and those sails mm-hmm. lasted twenty twenty five years, and they were still lasting until they decided, oh, just to change sails because they were so old. But the, the, yeah. it keeps the shape of the sail a lot better if you do have battens. At least I had full battens. Full battens seem to work really well. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Howard, thank you so much. Is there anything we need to add on here before we call it an interview? No. Let's uh, let's pray that this is all going to end uh, pretty soon and we're able to get back on the water there. I'm sorry that uh, I hear that you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to make it over here this, this season, but uh, the, 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 the next season will be... Uh, will be much better and uh, I look forward hopefully to sailing with you maybe next next season if we can get it if we can get the if we can our fi- times coordinated if we can figure it I out wish- that would work yeah make sure you remind me cuz I, I I was starting to send out invitations until when this thing started to happen and then I had to back away from it so make sure you remind me that you want to go with me cuz I tend to forget that sort of thing so just go through okay. my standard list all right Howard thanks okay. a lot keep, okay keep thank in touch. you thanks okay. friends take care bye 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 Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Where we're going, we don't need roads. You're going to need a bigger boat.